0: Hello and welcome to the Magnetic Woman podcast. I'm Pandora Paloma, a quantum transformation and business coach using a fusion of spirituality meets strategy for feminine leaders, spiritual entrepreneurs, and visionaries. My mission is to help female entrepreneurs find their truth and step into their greatness boldly and unapologetically and create businesses that feel like home. I help women access and accelerate their magnetism by bridging the gap between who they truly are and who they present as to the world, because from this space of wholeness, we find our power, our potential, our voice, and our liberation. This show is for the multidimensional woman with a big, bold vision for more wealth, more impact, more expression, and more freedom. Each episode takes you on a journey of expansion across my five pillars of quantum transformation. Self, vision, expansion, embodiment and magnetism. Some are solo and some are with industry leaders who are playing the same game, changing the conversation about women's success, money, power and pleasure. I'm a mum of one, music lover, love maker, and all-round magnetism activator. Tune in and welcome to my world of magnetism. Well, Super excited, super super excited for today's episode of the Magnetic Woman Podcast. I am joined with Business Ascension Mentor for Intuitive Leaders, Psychic, Seven-Figure Business Owner. We are going to be chatting all things energetics and building a brand based on energetics with the one and only Victoria Pipo. Welcome.
1: Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was, as you were saying, the mouthful that is the identity that is me. I was like, good for her. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot, but you
0: are a lot. We are all a lot. We're all wonderful, multidimensional beings. So,
1: well, thank you. I'm truly privileged and honored to be able to spend some time in space with you, but to hopefully offer a key, if necessary if meant to for the beautiful souls that get to tune in to the podcast today and moving forward. Amazing, amazing. We were just saying before
0: we hit record that um, you know, there there'd been a thing, hadn't there? There'd been a connection between us and we were like, we're gonna try and make this thing work. And here we are. So it's such a pleasure to have you. Such a pleasure. So I'm gonna do some I'm gonna do things a little bit differently. Um and actually have you explain the concepts of energetics and business, energetics first, and then we're going to go into into you. Normally I'd be like, so how did you get here? But what I'm really interested in is your explanation of energy and energy work first, because the unseen can sometimes be really difficult to grasp. (laughs) And I know you're going to be able to, you know, tell it like it is and in a way that feels really, you know, understandable and accessible. So over to you, no biggie. (laughs)
1: Just a, just a few things to talk about right off the bat, which is absolutely the way I like to do things. So people in my world know that I am known to get to the point. So thank you for that. I want to pose a question in the beginning to your community, because if we don't agree on this, it'll be very challenging for us to open our consciousness to more. So my first question is, do you believe that everything has a vibration? Because if you don't believe that everything has a vibration, the concept of energy is going to be extremely challenging to grasp onto. Now, let's assume that you say, yes, I do. Agree that everything has a vibration. My coffee cup has a vibration. The grass has a vibration. My voice has a vibration. Every single animate and inanimate object has a vibration. And we see a lot of this inside of the business world. There's a lot of talk about energetics, but only from the space of vibration, which then leads me to step two. So, yes, we agree that everything has a vibration. Great. Well, it's a good thing that your energy cannot lie about how much positive and or negative energy you are holding about that particular thing. So let's say for example I don't like the color pink. Okay? My vibration about the color pink is more negative than it is positive. So when I say I like the color pink, my vibration is trying to say I like the color pink, but my energy My body cannot lie about the truth. So the truth of your energy, regardless of the vibration that you're putting out to the universe, will tell you exactly if you're a frequency match for what you're setting out with your vibration. So that's step two. Step three from that is the physical matter that manifests as a byproduct of your vibration, Coupled with your energy being a match for the physical matter that you're trying to attract. And so, what it looks like in my world, and what I get a lot of in my world, is people who come in and say, I've invested in a lot of people in my time, and I keep getting stumped. I keep repeating the same patterns. I've done the things, I've invested the money. They say, go all in, they say, do the things. And now I'm here being like, why isn't it happening? And it's usually because between step one and step three, there's a middle point that's completely bypassed. And it's the one thing that cannot lie. You can say, I'm a multimillionaire, but your energy will tell you instantly whether or not that is a match or not for matter, for the actual physical manifestation of money. And so what I do in my world is I help people clear the middle so that their vibration is in alignment with the matter that they desire. And this is what I feel like gets sticky for so many people. And it's why there's such a small percentage of souls who are actually truly embodied inside of their business, inside of their life. So what I focus on specifically is the chakra meridians of the body. And when people come into my world, I spend one month on each chakra in a very intimate setting. And what my role is in that is to basically open it up like a music box, each chakra and relay all of the information that their higher self is granting me access to receive information about so that I can clear it so that on a cellular level they vibrate on a more authentic frequency to the vibration that they're sending out to be a match for the matter that they want. And so that's where the energy piece comes in. I teach them to become authentically who they are in their natural path as opposed to constantly just putting things out vibrationally to the universe that they're not actually an energetic match for. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Yes. And Okay, so I'm going to throw something in here that I was thinking as you were talking there. It's like, in a sense, the way that we have the vision and we keep focusing on the vision, but we're putting like 90% of focus on the vision without bringing any attention to the thing that is blocking us on a subconscious level or energetically, right? It's almost like, but I want that but not looking at but what do i need to dissolve in order to reach that and it, you know it sounds like the way that you work is a, is a really similar process it's like what can we not see that is blocking us and do you find that people that come to you are not reaching the things that they desire because they're actually things that they think they desire and they've maybe been swayed by the shiny disco ball Or or that actually they do, you know, they do want that, but there is just this unseen peace that needs to be, you know, dissolved, removed, you know, shed in order to reach that.
1: Absolutely, I do. Because ultimately, we don't really want the material world. We just want love. And the material world is an expression of love if we choose to express it through love. But ultimately, once I dissolve all the barriers between why you think you want it and what you actually need, what they actually need is more of a feeling than the physical thing itself. And so then the conversation really becomes about, okay, well, where did you learn those belief systems, those patterns, those behaviors that contradict the feeling that you really deeply need? And then the want will come. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I had this
0: realization last year where I was like still focused at the beginning of, well, I'd say probably at like March, April last year, so about a year ago, where I realized I was still focusing on the financial goal and I still have a financial goal. But what I realized that was underneath that was feelings of generosity and freedom. And so my focus started to be, how do I get to feel that? sense of freedom every day knowing that money becomes my my wealth will build as a byproduct of that and everything has changed you know everything in my world has changed yes more money in the bank but as a byproduct of the feeling like the, the my natural baseline is joy and freedom even in like the face of intense challenges which i've had you know quite recently i'm like I feel free, man. I just feel free. And that's because that is actually what was underneath it all.
1: That's it. And I talk to my clients about this all the time. Manifesting is under the guise that you are not the manifest, that you are not the one who is giving the manifestation to you. You are the creator. It's not that you're necessarily creating, which you are from one perspective, but from another perspective, you're the creator. So everything that you are saying I want, you already are. So who do you have to be to be the person who already has it? Oh, well, I'd have to be free and I'd have to actually take accountability for my life. And I'd actually have to make more time and space for myself to luxuriate. Well, that sounds like you need to get better problems if that's your biggest concern. It's like That to me is like, that's the whole point, which is to be so alive in your life. That everything in your life is a byproduct of you being alive to experience life.
0: Yeah, so good. So good. It's so good. Okay, so let's go on to you. And then I'm going to go. My second question is going to become the piece after this, right? So, has this always been your world? What were the turning points that got you here?
1: I believe that in every great psychic's journey, and every everyone's journey, if they are aware of it, is the dark night of the soul. And the dark night of the soul is the initial awakening process. It's where you essentially realize that you've been lied to probably the majority of your life. Whether it's that you put your parents on a God pedestal and you realize that they're inner children just doing the best that they possibly can. Or you realize that the very career path that you thought you were supposed to be doing because that's what society sets out for you. It's actually soul-sucking in every sense of the meaning. Or that the relationships that you're participating in are really just the reflection of the lack of love you share for yourself. The dark night of the soul is the beginning, the rock bottom, where you have two choices. Stay where you are or learn to climb out with a different perspective. So for me, I was a professional performer all of my life. When I was seven years old, I was put in my first play. And I have been in musicals and shows, performances, Shakespeare, you name it, since I even knew my fundamental belief systems. And so I learned from a very young age to perform, to act, to fake it till you make it, to put on a brave face and tell someone else's story that is more appealing and with a better ending than yours. And so this created a lot of avoidance in my life that I've had to do a lot of work on clearing because... I found great love in the women I was portraying, but I didn't find a lot of great love in being myself offstage. And so I was a performer. I did the whole thing. I moved away to a private boarding arts school when I was 15. And I went to school for acting. And then I was accepted to a really prestigious conservatory and musical school exclusively for performers. And I got my Bachelor of Music in musical theater And then I had an agent and a manager and I moved to New York City and I was on a limited visa. I was an international student, which in my opinion, always made me felt like I was fighting for my right to be there, which never felt right to me. I was struggling the entire time because I came from a family of financial lack in every sense of the meaning. But I had this dream and I was determined to fulfill every edge of it. And I did to the, for the most part, I'd say the only thing that I didn't accomplish in air quotes was finally stepping on a Broadway stage. However, I moved to New York. I could only do within the parameters, a certain kind of audition because of my visa requirements. So I couldn't walk into a Broadway room, even if I wanted to. So I was deciding in that moment, whether or not I was going to keep going for the dream. And I said that I would and within five auditions which is insane for the performing world i booked a rock tour and i booked elsa in frozen on disney's cruise line at the same time talk about being received in such a high light to be able to play literal polar opposites do i want to go skimpy naked outfit rocking myself all the way home or do i want to portray a really honorable really mm, crucial role in musical theater. And so I accepted my first contract with Disney Cruise Line in 2018. I portrayed Elsa. It was a fantastic contract. And then I went back for the company one more time. And at this time, my visa ran out. So that dream had died. I was in a toxic relationship that I was definitely sure was, if not, it was not love, The visa would be love, and that would be enough for me to continue to live my dream. But at this time, my career felt like the whole point of the art was lost. Singing was only about being good. Performing was only about being skinny enough, good enough, branded enough, boxed enough that I could get the job. And that was not the point. The point was that I loved singing because I loved singing. The point was that I loved acting and performing because I loved telling a story. And then suddenly I was branded in this box where I could only portray this character and I could only be this role. And if I was pretty or good enough or more talented, then I could get the job. And I knew that that was a means to an end for me. So right before my second contract with the Disney company, I had $30 in my bank. And we're all in Florida, me and my entire cast were about to get on the ship the next morning and I'm collecting all my belongings and I'm looking for my passport and I can't find my passport. So I'm a Canadian in the United States, $30 in my bank and I've lost my passport on the plane. And this is when I realized that Disney was a company (laughs) and they said, good luck. Hope to get you on the ship whenever you can, but you can't get on the ship without a passport. So in that moment in time, I felt the most helpless I'd ever had because I didn't have a family to extend to. I frankly felt so pathetic that I had $30 in my bank that I didn't have anybody to ask. And it was like this insurmountable mountain that I had finally felt like I got to the top of and had nothing to show for it. I had spent so many years going for this career, this job, this vision that ultimately was sucking the life out of me. And to do something just because you're talented at it is a joke. You shouldn't. You should do something because you're in love with it. And that moment there really started the trajectory for me because then my relationship fell apart. And I was wondering why I was constantly the constant in everything in my life. And that started, unfortunately, the beginning of the dark night of the soul process for a lot of souls, which is a very intense depressive cycle. It's unfortunate to say, but I went into a very deep depression. And from there, my entire perspective of this reality expanded. I started meditating because it was the only thing that brought me peace. And then everything started to align and access from that moment forward.
0: Wow, what a story! What a story. I feel like the, oh, the experiences felt with not being enough feeling like they're, you're boxed in. I feel like, you know, everyone in the world has felt that in some capacity, in some way, you know, in the world, like everyone in the world. And, and it's, oh, the the courage to pull yourself away from that, even when you're in it, you know, when you're in it, it, because you're in it that's where it becomes so utterly courageous. And, you know, I always believe that those rock bottoms are the place in which we start to evolve to the next place of expansion. And, you know, I, I'm interested for you, you know, I feel like, you know, 2022 particularly was kind of a real cycle of death and rebirth, (laughs) many cycles, not just one over and over and over again. (laughs) And (laughs) I feel like now when I, when I feel those, those spaces of void or when I witness my clients in that space of void, I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. We're we're, going to be going somewhere from here. So what do we need to lean into? You know, and it's always that piece of trust. And I actually feel like the more and more and more me personally, I experienced the void, the more trust it gives me in divine timing, in spirit, creator, you know, and it's actually become quite a beautiful experience for me where I fully surrender. Like, it, you know, I think probably a few years ago, it was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to surrender to this. I'm thinking about the process of surrendering. And now it's such a felt sense of, okay, let's go.
1: Where are we going? What's next? You know, do you feel the same? 100%, especially tying into the year of 2022, because collectively, there are many, many speculations about our collective ascension that we are undergoing. Some say it happened in 2012. Some speculate 2017. Some speculate 2020. My particular awakening happened in 2019, 2020, which a lot of souls would say similarly, but some have been really like... (laughs) the dinosaurs of our awakening process who've been holding down the fort of these understandings and these concepts of the universe that we needed to undergo a mass awakening at all one direct moment in time so that we could all choose to get on this ride or not. So 2020 for me, I was like angry vegan because I had just awakened and I had so much to say about it. And there was a lot of duality involved. It was like, you're wrong. I'm right. This is the, this is the truth. You're this. It was a lot of this argumentation because it was really me feeling like I needed to stand up for the universe, feeling like I needed to stand up for God, which was really me trying to stand up for myself because I didn't fully hold my power yet. 2021 rolls around. A lot of the foundations in my business had grown. I had an astronomical, like thousand percent growth in my business. It was, I'd never touched money like that in my life. I'd never touched wealth like that in my life. I'd met my beautiful partner who had started their transgender journey as well, which was just so spiritually dissolving of identity for me, which then lessened my grip on this truth is the only truth and this is the right truth. And instead it was like, that's yours. That's good. That's yours. This is mine. and I'm holding it looser than before. twenty twenty two is like anything you're holding on to. like we're just bulldozing all of it, honey. Like whatever you think you're controlling, nope, whatever you think no no, the universe was like not a chance. Are we letting you have any ounce of control? Because once we give you the clear picture that you are completely in control and not at all in control, you'll finally surrender. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. And yes, again, and yes, again, (laughs) and yes, again. And actually, I'm really pleased that we're talking about that collective energy because, you know, I, we both, I'm sure anyone who, you know, serves as, you know, a coach or a healer, you know, space holder in the world will we'll see and feel and experience, you know, what's happening in a, in a collective way. I lead the patterns and similar experiences in the, you know, expansion that's, that's happening for our clients sort of simultaneously. Can you explain the concept of kind of collective energy and what this means, what this means, you know, as a concept, the concept of collective energy and also hopefully what it means for us in 2023. Like <laughs> we've done, dis- we've done the dissolving now. <laughs> Let me be. <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. I'm, I feel like it, for me, I'm like, it's about choosing me. I'm like, I, there is a, there's a something that's going on for me right
1: now that I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, yeah, I'm ready. You know? You should absolutely be feeling that. I think a lot of us starseeds are ready for our karmic reward, but we're not attached to the timing of it. I feel that I have I have willingly chosen God over and over and over and over and over in the face of so much fear that at this point, I feel like 2023 is going to be my year. And I say that loosely because really every year has been my year because it's all been beautiful and destructive. It's been life and death and all of it. So paradoxical in the best way. But I feel that this year, particularly for Starseeds, is going to be the year of not necessarily embodiment because i feel like that was 2022 i feel like this is the year of like rebirth reemergence and then like um like creative expression and explosion so for in terms of the collective energy i believe that we have the capacity to understand understand the waves of collective energy throughout this universe well in advance before it happens. Now, I hold multiple perspectives about that because we are the product of our choices. And at any time the collective can choose something as a sum. Mostly positive, mostly negative energy, doesn't matter. We as a sum are moving as one unit. And so at any time, the timelines can shift for the collective. However, our evolutionary trajectory and what we may be feeling at any given time, I feel is quite, I don't want to say set, but in a sense, set. Like I am able to channel what is happening a whole year in advance energetically, and then I'm very rarely wrong. However, if I'm about to say, we are going to be going through this physical thing at this physical time. My accuracy is much less because it's not up to me. It's up to our collective sum trajectory. So there's the mass consciousness. The whole planet holds the mass energy. The mass energy is predominantly fear-based, predominantly connected to our physical experience. We don't know about our immortality We don't dare to question anything that's beyond our physical sight. This is a lot of still this kind of collective paradigm. However, since 2012, 2017, 2020, there have been popcorns of souls who are like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, which shifts the kind of tone of the collective energy on the whole. And so what I see for 2023, building on top of 2022, 2022 is the year of fire. This is the way that I interpret it. Transformation, uh, alchemical transformation on a cellular level. I believe that it was the year of really purging, purifying, changing form while releasing form. I feel like it was a big year of anything that you think is walking through you is going to be burned to ash. So a lot of us are starting 2023 feeling naked. like okay, well, whatever's meant to be is going to be. So this year is the year that I'm just not going to try to control any of it. And I'm going to let myself hold this more expanded energy field where I'm like, yeah, okay. I feel pretty safe for the most part in the unknown, because I'd say for the most part, starseeds now understand that they're always provided and protected. If they don't feel safe If they don't feel secure, if they don't feel like the universe is always providing for them, they're not going to be able to hold the unknown. However, I feel more star seeds and light workers are holding and housing those frequencies more than ever before. So now we're stepping into 2023, butt naked, being like, okay, let's let's grow. Let's go. Let's gather as we grow, as opposed to let's go and then figure it out. We are now able to. Let ourselves be resourced by the universe as we're gathering seeds, as opposed to feeling like we need to accumulate resources before we move with the universe. So, this makes this year to me the year of water. I believe that this is a really strong year for us to connect with our inner child, our subconscious, the moon, our cycles, our inner rhythms. I feel like this is going to be a really big year for activations to your psychic gifts but not necessarily as something that's something to obtain but rather something that you are and I feel like it's going to become more normal for us to follow the current of our inner rhythm because we're more psychically attuned and adept
0: beautiful so beautiful yeah it's oh I mean I'm going to just share a, a personal story so that you, mean, you know, the, you pinpointed it so beautifully. So, you know, the dissolving of like, who are with you without all of this stuff? Like, how are you, how do you live? How do you lead in, in, you know, the face of uncertainty for anyone who knows me very well, like home is, it's one of my things, you know, I work with a lot of interior designers, like it's a real passion of mine. I got in the process of selling my house mid and last year, sold my property in December I'm still, I've only just, I will be moving into a place next week. I basically, the one thing that was like, yeah, because I'm all about like beauty and home and environment. And it was one of those core values, core, it was like my thing. Like if I have that, then I'm safe. And the universe just like took me on this journey of taking these things away. And so it was just this, oh, like, who am I without that? And that was one of many things. But, you know, I think, you know, giving you an example of, of a very physical, material thing that we attach to, it was that. And it was such an interesting process. of like, wow, so without this, you know, living in my friend's basement, um, who am I? Like, who the fuck am I? And you know what? I feel more powerful than ever because I have fully felt who I am without all the things that I think make me look successful or make me, you know, be successful or be anything like, Oh, Oh, so who's this girl? Wow. She's, whoo! it's so interesting and powerful. And, you know, I have many stories of, you know, different variations of this, um, from Mm. clients and peers. And it's, you know, that was kind of one of many things, but it's just such an example of the process that you've just,
1: you know, explained? Because we are so petrified to let ourselves be nothing. But in the process of letting ourselves be nothing, we realize that we're everything. It's why you can be in this space that maybe would have felt so unbeknownst to you and a version of you previously. And yet you're in this moment in your life where you're like, everything is really just what I assign it to mean. Everything is up to what I assign it to mean. So if I make this mean that I have no sense of self, then I'm going to only see reflections of the fact that I feel no sense of self here. As opposed to my sense of self is not indicative of what I do and do not have. It's indicative of who I am internally. So you could take it all away from me. Like This is a funny example, but I love to express myself through Balenciaga and people are probably like... (laughs) Raising their ears, so I love to express myself through Balenciaga because I have multiple. I'm, with you. I'm either I'm with you, like, girl. I've got a bag over there, yes. <laughs> either like Burberry or like Balenciaga. So here I am, like wrapping my shirt because I love. I'm definitely like trailer trash or extremely class. Like there's not really an in between. And sweeping the internet is all this information of people throwing out their belongings because Balenciaga, their campaign ad, this, that, the other, all of this like controversy about, you know, sex trafficking, this, that, the other, not to bore you with details. But I was like, oh, well, what's my stance on this? It's like, well, if I, if I, if I hold my fort on this thing, then I got to pretty much hold my fort on pretty much everything. So what do I want to make this mean? What do I want to assign meaning to? And what do I not want to assign meaning to? And I think that's the power. And not everybody's holding that frequency yet. Because once they click in that that's not in alignment with their identity, they'll push up against it because they're afraid of not belonging. For me, I'm like, I'm going to probably keep wearing this because I'm not wearing it because I feel like I belong to it I wear it because it's just an expression of my my human cloak right I'm deciding what I'm assigning meaning to I'm deciding that I'm assigning this meaning and I'm deciding that I'm not assigning this meaning and that to me is power like what am I choosing to actually assign meaning to and what am I giving so much power to that could mean nothing in an instant
0: yeah oh yes uh oh, yes 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 and we're going to speak a little bit about neutrality Um, in a moment, because it's something I really want to, you know, pick your brains um, on. So, okay. So a concept that I really want to touch on, um, I kind of coined it, the secret code is you in uh, a transmission that I did at the end of last year. The idea that what you desire, so this idea that what you desire isn't yours yet because you're lacking something, or, you know, there is a belief that you're separate from it is ultimately you you fragmenting yourself off from it and i feel like that and there's a lot of this online right so you know you're just not the match for it which can make people think well therefore i'm lacking but that in itself that belief that you are lacking something is a thing that reinforces that you're not worthy or that you are in fact lacking which is further from the truth and so can you explain why this happens and ultimately what we need to trust in the idea that we are the secret code that we are looking for, and that everything that we desire is already here.
1: Yeah. So, this is, I actually have a really funny example about this because I, it took me so long to finally click into this level of, frankly, delusion. So, my partner and I are going for a walk yesterday, and I said something like, Hey, can you smell that? It's like what? I said. You smell that crisp air at our beautiful home out in Vancouver. By the way, I'm not living in Vancouver. This is me completely playing in this like dream-like fantasy. I'm like we're at our beautiful home. Our home looks like batman's cave like we've got three car garage we've got this like beautiful like windows like just the most stunning view of nature of pure greenery all around us can you smell that crisp air as we take a beat because we're so free in our space can you feel the moment that i'm actually signing for our multi-million dollar dream home like can you can you imagine that he's like yeah i can so then he's like well, can you imagine that you and I are looking at our bank and it's just like blowing up like we've never imagined it before while we're here making love outside in our beautiful home? Like we started to play in this art of delusion, letting ourselves play in this field of like Can you believe that it's already done? Can you believe that it's already happened? Can you smell that crisp air of freedom right now? Can you feel how good it feels to wake up in the morning, open up my blinds? I can literally physically see everything in my surroundings around me. And because I'm so free, I just press snooze and go back to sleep. Like I play in this field with myself where I imagine as if it is already done down to every single sense in my body. I'm not just focusing on like, can I see it? But I'm like, can I feel that freedom, that love, that connection to God? Can I smell the crisp air through my nostrils? Can I smell my cup of coffee as my partner's bringing it to me? Can I... Feel how many people I have the honor and privilege of being able to impact and support. Like, can I actually imagine in my mind's eye, like payment notifications blowing up because I get to support people in such an impactful way? I play this game with myself. However, I don't go as far as I cannot hold. So you won't hear me say something like, Can you believe? That I have 17 houses, that I have trillions of dollars, and that I, you know, have a Private jet for every day of the week. Now, that's not actually a real desire that I have. However, you won't find me playing outside of the realm of what my body can't hold as I'm playing in it. And this is what I see a lot of people lack it because they have too much in their energy that contradicts their desire. So, if you have too much energy that's contradicting the vibration of that desire, you're not a match, which is why you, one, feel like you lack it because physically you have so many belief systems that are manifest in your reality that you've got a lot of evidence of that and so it's impossible for you to even potentially consider holding it because you haven't cleaned out the energy that allows you to hold a more buoyant spacious potential so i think the first thing is one you lack nothing however if your belief systems contradict that it doesn't matter what i tell you it matters what you believe cellularly so clean up the energy Look at the belief system. Look at why that's coming through. Neutralize it with more positive vibration about it. Like, what do I want to believe to be true? What's the highest vibrational truth? Does this actually feel like this belief system is supporting the trajectory of me becoming more of the creator? And then from there, decide. So, from there, now that you have more space and your energy, it's very likely that you can hold something that's a little outside of that edge of your normal potential desire that you would have played in previous. Yeah, yeah, and that
0: the the quiet. There's a you, you speak to this a lot, and I feel like this is so relevant to what we're talking about here. But that quiet certainty. You know, how do we get to that point of quiet, quiet certainty of knowing that it's already here? You know, the, I feel like it's spoken, you know, of a a lot in the online space, but it, it can feel really hard to grasp. Like, yeah, but how do I get to that place of quiet certainty that it's already here? You know, and what is it that wants to jump in the way of simply being in that Quite certainty.
1: Well, I suppose it's our fear of being disappointed, our fear of being let down, our fear of the lack of trust that we already have because society conditions it out of us from a very young age. I mean, consider the fact that fundamentally we program our main belief systems between the ages of zero and seven. And naturally, around the ages of seven, we tell our children that Santa isn't real, that the tooth fairy isn't real, that these constructs that we've created are not real. So we literally program children who are doe-eyed and incapable of conditionality. We condition them right off the bat, and then we deteriorate their belief. We break their loyalty about belief. So I can't fault people who feel challenged by having faith that it's Okay, to feel certainty when there's so much evidence in their life because of the way society has programmed us to be, that keeps us in a state of fearing what we can't see. So, that's kind of like the first thing is compassion for the fact that it is very hard when there's so many things in life that break our loyalty. Intentionally, is my keyword. And then the second piece of that is. Bridging the gap with spirit. So the spiritual world communicates in a different way than our physical energy does. It communicates with symbols. It communicates with signs. It communicates with your senses. And so the way that spirit communicates, while it can manipulate this physical world, You won't see my spirit guide sitting here right beside me saying, hello, Victoria, how are you? Let's have a conversation about your choices and decisions. However, we've forgotten to pray or ask for signs about our clarity, about our path. And that helps us bridge the gap between what is known and what is unknown. I think the reason why I was able to develop all of my clear abilities, my my psychic gifts so rapidly was because of the fact that I was having so much fun dancing with spirit. Every time I went outside, I'd say, show me all the spirit animals and make it so obvious that you're in my presence supporting me. And there'd be butterflies dancing around my head. I would see dragonflies glow Like there would be a conversation that I would start to have with God. And that bridged any Trepidation I had about believing or not believing in this unseen world. I opened up the portal with my free will to have communication with the universe. And then, because the universe, one cannot, so these guys, your guides, they can't infringe upon your free will. If you don't ask, they won't infringe. So when you open up, they're like, yay. And then all of this beautiful, benevolent support starts to communicate in a language that speaks to your senses, which then makes you feel like better. It just makes you feel more connected. Now, with that, your mind will inevitably be skeptical. And that's normal. We don't want to get rid of your skeptic. We want to celebrate it because it's actually helping you become more discerning and it's helping you to choose to reinforce your faith and your belief again. So for me, It was really about allowing the language of the universe to communicate through me so that where my resistance met letting go, spirit could fill in the gaps so that I had permission to let go.
0: Yeah, there is something I want to add to this that that happened as you were speaking there, which is um, representative of everything you're saying. So. When you were saying so I was going outside and you know requesting like show me the spirit animals, my I have a, a way in which spirit communicates with me when it wants me to listen, like this is for you nudge nudge, and I get this sense of just like almost like a shudder in my body in the back, so it's always like on the backs of my arms. But I've learned that that's my sign and that spirit saying this one's for you. Take note of this, and so I know tomorrow I will do the same because. I've been shown through the communication that this one's for me. And I I need to try that one. That's, you know, to listen. And it's funny. I have been playing with this personally of like, you know, playing with that connection to spirit. Show me, you know, and speaking to the situation with the house recently, um, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's an energy healer. And she said, you know what, you know, just pass it over like spirit listen, if I'm meant to rent this house, tell me, show me, allow me to know through, and she said, like, choose something. So I was like, by showing me a bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, I pick up my daughter from school, she gets in the car. And of course I've let this go. I was like, set the intention in the day, in the middle of, you know, the beginning of the day on my morning walk. Get in the car. And then my daughter, as we get out of the car, starts singing a song about a fucking bumblebee, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, and this right is where, so I, of course I'm fully, I get it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But that little part of me was like, but is that it? Is that it? surely I'd have seen a bumblebee she was singing about is that true does this mean? do you see what I mean like a, mm-hmm. wow wow but it just oh just such a beautiful moment of thank you
1: thank you yeah and before thank you becomes you think that was right do you yes. think that was it it's have like I no, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Maybe she wasn't even saying bumblebee. Maybe she was saying, you know, it's like we have the capacity to talk ourselves out of belief because it's so much easier to talk ourselves out of belief than it is to let ourselves dance in magic. Like we are just programmed that way. And funny story in the beginning of my relationship with my partner, they had not accessed their spiritual journey yet. And on our first date we're walking around and I was like, ha ha ha, 1111, 11, ha ha ha, 333, 3, and he was like, you're looking for them. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm looking for the signs. You just wait. You you just wait. And so over the few years of us dating, he started to realize that every single place I went, no matter what I asked, the most absurd things. One time I asked for a toothpick. And we're on a walk in Vancouver, it was beautiful walking along the seawall. And in between the crack of two sidewalk steps was a toothpick. He looks at me, hmm, okay. And now he has his own connection and language with the universe. It was like over time, it was like, I don't need need you to participate in my communication with the universe. Like I already know that this is real. In your own timing, it'll be true for you. But the piece here is adding in, well, how does it feel? Instead of, well, what do I think about that? Because the moment you try to put it in your mind, it's like it was just a lyric. You know, it was just a it was just a B. It was just, it was just a toothpick that somebody dropped in the middle of the street. We can easily chalk it up to nothing. Or we can choose to choose it to be everything. And that ultimately falls on us in a way where we get to ask ourselves, okay, one, what do I want to be true? Right? What do I want to believe? And two, how did it feel to receive it? Usually it's like, it feels really good to know that I'm in communication with this universe. Like it just bridges the gap from any fear or trepidation I have about death, about dying, about magic, about why I'm here. So why not fill every single gap that every human has that can only be filled with faith?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the why, you know, why question I, something you just said then was like well oh, what does it feel like you know for me i'm like well, if, if it feels good then that's it and there's that trust that what doesn't feel good what is not in alignment will fall away so that you can fill yourself up with more of the things that are in alignment and that do feel good you know creator wants you to be abundant you know which actually leads me really nicely i think on to the next kind of question or exploration that I have, and you speak a lot about the universe, and that you know it doesn't understand desire or lack. Can you explain this process?
1: Is the question that the universe doesn't understand desire and lack at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yep. So when you say I desire this, you know I want this, but underneath it, you're saying I need it because I don't have it. The universe can't give you something that you don't believe is enough. So if you're like, this isn't enough, while well, you're also like, that's why I want it. The universe is like, I don't understand what you're asking me. So are you telling me you want it, but that you're not enough to accept it? Well, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, I want a package dropped off at my house, but please don't drop it off at my house because I don't believe that I'm worthy of it. And I don't believe that it's ever coming. It's like, okay, so do wait, do you want the package? You don't want the, Yeah, I want the package, but I want it to be dropped off far enough that I believe that it's real, but not close enough that it's actually mine. It's like, What? So the universe doesn't understand the fact that you're like, I need it because I don't have it and I'm not worthy of it, but I want it. So those are two contradictory statements, which is why it's like, but what if I'm worthy because I'm alive? What if it gets to just be because I'm here? What would that feel like? You know, what if I was, I always say this, like, what if I'm worthy because I'm alive? And what if that's enough? What if that's enough? I don't have to do more. I don't have to prove more. I don't have to be more than I am. What if I'm just worthy because I'm alive? And I let myself play in that. And then when I send something out to the universe, I'm proclaiming that it's already so. And then underneath that, I'm saying, I'm worthy because I'm alive. And that's enough for me to receive it. So in doing that, I'm saying, I want this because I understand that it already exists in this universe. And please come and bring it into my house. That would be really nice. Thank you, yeah. Don't leave it on the doorstep. Come on in precisely, precisely, because if I'm having it on the frequency of I'm doubting it and then I get it, now I have it plus doubt. What's the point? It's like, what's the point? Why would I want the money plus already being empty? I, I want the money and feel so overwhelmed with abundance when it arrives, as opposed to like I've been waiting for you and you finally come. And you're just like, this much? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm just, you You wanted money. Well, I wanted more than that now. Oh, well, okay, well, I'll just fucking leave. Like, we have to be more thankful for the little things that are actually huge things that accumulate to everything on the way. I see this all the time. People are like, I only had one person in my program. I'm like, what? Okay, so okay, is it plus one? Or are you looking at it at like minus nine because you projected 10, but you only had one? And the whole time, all you thought in your head was like, oh, it's only one. So the universe was like, I can't bring them the five that would be aligned for them because they keep saying in their head, minus one, minus one, minus one, instead of plus one. Wow, thank you so much. I'm eternally grateful that I get to be of service. And then plus one is on the frequency of plus one, which is on the frequency of plus one. The truth is, If you and I were having a conversation about a rent bill and we were minus $1, that $1, (laughs) that plus that we needed would mean everything. So why do we make it mean nothing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The power of one. I feel like I'm always saying that to my clients, one person and that one person maybe tells another one person and that one, like the power of one, it starts with that and everything expands from that place. And yeah, when it comes to service, that's one person and that's beautiful. And that is more than enough, you know?
1: And it's so deeply, oh, it's just so deeply selfish to take that one person and chalk them up to a minus when you may have been on their dream journal for years. Like you may have been something that they were saving for lifetimes. Like what a disservice To the work that you get to do as a privilege and honor that you're chalking up to minus one because you really wanted plus five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something we can all take with us and, you know, remember (laughs) and remember to continue to remember, you know? Yeah, it's beautiful. So let's talk leadership. Let's talk leadership. The energy in which you lead at is the energy in which you receive at. I'm interested in how you yourself have evolved and shaped how you lead in line with your vision and kind of what
1: that's looked like for you. 2022 was that year that destroyed what I thought I was leading for. And I'm very thankful that the one thing that can't be taught and can't be bought, I have, which is devotion. I can't teach anybody devotion. I can't tell somebody to stop pressing snooze. I can't tell them to care enough to keep going. I can't tell them to stop making the small things so big that you forget God in the mix. I can't teach people that, but I have always had that. In all of my past lives, I've lived hundreds of thousands of lives. I've been very blessed to say that I have always done God's work. A lot of times souls come through with different consequences to experience different lives. And while I've come through an array of different career paths, everything I've done has been of service to God. Everything I've done has been as a healer, a medicine worker, doesn't matter. And so for me, I come deeply ingrained with the belief that I am here to be a servant to God's love. Now in 2022, when my business really started to take off, I started to pay mind to some of the conversations that were being had about going all in and making big investments and only to the degree that you put outwardly can you receive inwardly. And so I invested most of my savings into mentors and while they were extremely beneficial because I believe everything serves the highest good, but they ultimately taught me is that if I can't bring God into the beginning of my conversation, then I need to end the container. And there's a lot of souls in this online space with all due respect to everyone's timing that are not bringing God into the forefront of the conversation. And they're exclusively focusing on one, not the collective energy, which is so Dangerous to folks who have absolutely no idea what's happening to them in their life. And so, when people don't know what's happening to them in their life, and we're holding space for people without a plot for what's happening for the collective, it makes people feel like they're alone on their journey. And what a sad feeling. The worst thing was feeling so isolated on this planet in the beginning of my awakening. So, I would love to see more mentors bringing themselves into spaces, and they will or else they will be forgotten. Bringing themselves into spaces where energy workers and and medicine workers and breath work facilitators and tantric workers, energy workers being at the forefront of what we're investing in and divesting our energy in, instead of what can I have and how do I get there as fast as I possibly can and how do I have all of this stuff? It's like a lot of the people that we are looking up to are living in their lower chakras. They're living in these lower planes of existence where it is about what you have. It is about your identity. It is about putting out and getting it. It's a lot about these lower planes of existence. And we're moving into a plane of existence that's focused on sustainability, that's focused on regulation, and is focused on plugging into our pure center. So I learned that, unfortunately, the really, really hard way. For those who know human design, I'm a three, five and three is all about learning through failure basically. And I learned through needing to take accountability for playing other people's roles again in my life, trying on different shoes that ultimately weren't my style, what my role was in duty and responsibility to God. So you've been around in my world a little bit. So you've probably watched maybe this like arc of conversation I'd been having where it started to turn really only about money and business and goals and obtainment. And now it's basically spiritual development and and psychic development and business ascension on the whole. And I attest that to having the thing that money can't buy or teach you, which is devotion, and then allowing myself to move through this inevitable purification process that ultimately brought me closer to my natural path in service as a servant to spiritual development.
0: Yeah. I, I really echo that in a slightly different kind of capacity, but yeah. Like, does this feel true for me in anymore, Did this even feel true for me in the first place, I think yeah. is kind of where I got to, and then it was like, ah. And there's something about where I've landed now, um, and it sounds like you know you're so in that space of well as well where it's like, ah, oh, this fits, and it feels so good. Like I'm so that word devotion, you know, I, I speak to this a lot, and I use the word consistency, but ultimately it is devotion, and it starts from that. I'm devoted to. The service and what I'm here to, the change that I am here to be a part of in the world. There's not a day that I don't think about, you know, the women in my community, the women that I'm currently serving and supporting, you know, the devotion I have to myself and my regulation in order to be who I desire to be for them. Like it's, it's, it's so deeply, you know, it's part of who I am and it's part of who you are. And, that I believe is what enables us to be leaders, great leaders. And we're leading ourselves, we're leading others, but it comes from this also a place of there's no hierarchy, there's no one leader. We are all leading each other and collectively building new communities and pools of, you know, people who are part of the change that we're going to see and the change that we are already seeing. And that's what you know, just feels so utterly delicious.
1: That's evolution, right? I think a lot of us have been really fearful about the shifts that have happened on this planet so far. And we are completely valid in that because I think we would be lying to ourselves if we did not acknowledge that there are some scars that have occurred from the last few years of our human existence. I think it would be false to assume otherwise. And I think now, as a collective, moving into these higher energies, it's really it's really about seeing diversity as something that's truly celebrated as opposed to something that's like profited off of to continuously keep us segregated and separated. Really, from the highest perspective, our soul doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have a race. It doesn't have a status. It doesn't have it does not have any attachment to form. At all. And your physical manifestation in this lifetime is a result of your consequences from past lives. It is not to harm you. It is not to punish you. Karma is not about punishment, it's about energy and positive and negative. That's it. Positive and negative doesn't mean right or wrong or good or bad. So you come into this lifetime wearing a different shoe. You know, if you're living in a third world country, maybe you were like a king in a past life and you chose to come through to experience the humbling experience of existing in another form. And so when we start to see it that way, then we can really start to celebrate our differences, which then in celebrating our differences, it actually unifies us as a unit as opposed to your difference different, so I cancel, and you're different, and I don't like that. You're different, and I disagree with that. Instead, it's like, can I accept what I don't understand? And can I love what I don't necessarily believe in? Because I am love. And so if I am love, then I can house all these different perspectives without making other people wrong.
0: Yeah. Yes. This is something, I think that diversity and like fluidity piece and it's something I've been thinking a lot about recently. And I kind of, I'm going to use the term came out when I was like 32, ultimately, you know, had always been with men, met a woman. She changed my life forever. And I, it was up until maybe sort of, you know, it, after we, I'd actually started with her, but, um, I remember meeting, um, I, I basically was exploring like what my you know, what, what is my sexuality? And I got this conclusion that I'm just, I'm fluid. Like I fall in love with humans, with hearts, with people. And I feel like that peace and that understanding has enabled me to ultimately live in the way that you've just explained. Like I don't see anything as separate. And obviously, you know, on a physical level, um, That's there, but I don't let it mean anything that it doesn't need to mean. And so there's so much that's dissolved from that that has given me so much. Oh, I'm just saying the word it love, like love. It's just heightened love. And it's also dissolved just stuff that I realized I was holding in. Well, she's got that and I don't, and he's got that. And it's like, oh no, none of this actually matters. We're all here. Living being, you know, wow.
1: Yep. And that goes back to the neutrality piece because the, the neutral perspective is like, I am that I am and I'm having this existence. And if I choose to express in this way, great. If they choose to express in that way, great. It doesn't ultimately matter unless we assign that meaning. And in my journey, watching my partner initially identify as a lesbian, identify as female, that being my first. Relationship with a woman to then watching my partner actually physically transition from female to male, watching their transition, it taught me so many things. The first thing is that attraction is entirely learned. It is entirely learned. Attraction to me is an energetic thing, not necessarily a physical thing. If I can watch my partner change complete genders while also being in my mind warped, like you have. Breasts, but you're a man. Like, I moved through so many pieces watching my partner hold multiple genders. I say that loosely at the same time. And then it was like, oh, this makes so much sense that attraction is learned, and so is our sexual preference. And so, it, there's everything is learned. So, if everything is learned, that means that everything can also be unlearned. unlearned. And the more that I let myself unlearn, the more free I am. Because then it just boils down to, no, I was not straight, and then I was a lesbian, and now I'm in a, a relationship with a man, but it's not heterosexual. I was like, I can't. I literally can't go into those conversations because the very box that I left in performing was the very box that I left for a reason. Mm. It wasn't like this is the box I belong in. So don't put me in LGBTQ plus blah, blah community. Don't put me in the spiritual community. Just let me be Victoria, however Victoria wants to express today. And in that I have full range of permission to decide who I want to be without having people come back at me and say, well, you said that you were supposed to be this. It's like you're misunderstanding that I am a contradicting being in any given moment. I am changing form. Give yourself that permission so you can set me free too.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Right? It's so
0: liberating. Yeah. I am me and you are you. Yep. And we get to be.
1: And we're we get one. to be. Yeah.
0: We're and one, we are
1: exactly. We're one and we're separate. It's like the separation is actually what makes us one. So why don't we just honor our differences and appreciate that the differences are what makes us one. Like if yeah. we let ourselves go there and actually play in that potential, it wouldn't be like us hiding in the closet for so many years or us feeling this lack of permission to express ourselves online in one way or another way. It's like, I just say what I want to say. And I get on with my life, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. it's not like, Oh, and now I said I was going to be now I said, I'm this. And now it's like, yeah.
0: I'm yeah. just,
1: I'm just, on a playground, aren't you? Yes. And I,
0: you know, who I was yesterday is different to who I am today. And then I might have a, this conversation has changed who I am. Tomorrow's conversations will change who I am. And that's that piece, isn't it? Like, well, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm constantly growing and evolving and understanding who I am. But once I feel like I've understood that part of me, I'm already evolving into something different. So I'm just me. <laughs>
1: It's the saying that once you think you know everything, you actually know nothing. It is so true. Every time I have thought that I have unlocked something. (laughs) I've nailed it, guys. (laughs) I have mastered the universe. It's like, ha ha, you know nothing. Mm. And so why don't we just let ourselves be nothing and in that liberate ourselves by giving ourselves permission to dance in everything. Like that is in my personal perspective, freedom. And for other people, freedom does come with identity. It is, they feel more free knowing like this is this is who I am. And that is in their own right absolutely permissible. And I hope they are giving themselves full permission to dance in that. For me, it's like if I want to wear trash bag Balenciaga, don't come for me because I'm not wearing it because I'm attached to the brand. I'm wearing it because I like to express myself that way you know, I like to express this way. I want to express this way. Everything is up for debate.
0: Yeah, that's it. 100%. And you're going to, you know what, you're going to take one brand, you're going to take all of them because, you know, it's like saying, well, there's something going on in that country. We should support them. There is stuff going on in every country, in every, (laughs) in every town, in all over the world, everywhere. And that's the, you know, we do what we can. And yeah, we do what we can, you know?
1: Circling back to the collective energy and just energy in general, when something is on its way out, it gets louder before it clears. So, what we're seeing on the planet is the overwhelm of labels and identities and constructs so that we can ultimately get to the neutral point in the same way that if you've asked anybody who's maybe dieted before, And struggles with binging, right? They restrict and then they binge and then they restrict and then they binge. And then ultimately they ideally find their center. We are humans who often learn through extremes. that's the beauty of being on this universe is that we learn what we do want by what we don't want. And so the power of where we are currently is there are souls that hold coding from the future, but a lot of us are still playing out the past from another perspective it's already ha- it's all happening right now but we have coding where we can lead the edge of conversations and say hey what if the future is androgynous throw that in the pool hey what if it doesn't matter what your bio says on instagram like why don't we just play in this field of like giving less fucks about our identity and more about The permission to be who we are, and I think there are leaders who have those templates, especially about like the main kind of controversial subjects on this planet, that are actually going to thought provoke the conversations that actually herald change.
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah, and I hope for that. I really hope for that.
1: I have deep prayer, and I I see it. I, I my intention is that people can be kind even through difference, and we don't see that yet. And I I know that's why myself included, there are conversations that I swallow. Because I'm not ready. It's like throwing a rare steak into a pack of lions. Like, I am not ready until I remember that I'm not the steak, but I'm the person who's throwing the meat. If I feel like I'm the meat, I'm not ready. But if I feel like I can detach myself from a conversation and stay objective, then I can be in a conversation. But if I can't be objective, I'm not throwing myself into a conversation about trans folk right now, about LGBT. I'm I'm not. I will tinkle the field but i will not run into the field and completely obliterate my nervous system because the mass majority of people having these conversations are moving from trauma not going to happen and i and i and i my hope and prayer is that we can become more kind to each other with our diversity with our differences with the things that we don't necessarily agree on it's like can we be kind even when we're different and when i see that and feel that a little bit more then I think courage will come through more for folks who have so much to say, but are on the other side of a time in history where it's loud. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: always believe it's like we need more curiosity and not opinion. That's it. You know, so instead of, and you know, I'm not perfect. There are sometimes I feel that, oh, I'm just being a bit judgy over here. How can I be curious as to where did you, how did you get to that point? Why do you think that and know that, as you say, we can have different opposing, you know, thoughts on things and
1: still coexist in harmony, you know? Nature does this. So why can't we? Why do you see ducks and geese and crows and seagulls all in one space together, but we can't? Why? Why do we see diversity so beautifully mirrored from nature? And we have gotten so far from our natural path of forgetting that we're nature that we would rather put down another person as opposed to have them sit at the same table, which they already are. Yeah. And maybe learn from. <laughs> <Yeah. Because gasps> we, I love listening to people's stories. Like mm. everybody has a trail a breadcrumb that brought them to where they are. And even if I don't necessarily find myself in it, can I still appreciate it? Do I need to constantly find myself in something in order to agree with it? To resonate, to respect it? I don't know. Yeah. I think that would be a me thing. Yeah.
0: It's making me think, I mean, this in itself has been such a ripe conversation, but, you know, something I'm really bringing into this year in inspired, you know, by the the, the shamanic work that I'm doing, training and pe- for myself personally right now, I'm sure I'll bring it, you know, to the world in greater ways in years to come. But, like, how do I c- continue to create, a, you know, a ripe relationship with life, a ripe relationship with my community, a ripe relationship with my partner? And, you know, it's all about, oh, this ripe relationship, you know, that comes with so much curiosity and so much compassion, so much love. And yeah, it's delicious.
1: An intention. Like that is so yummy too, because what you focus on expands. So becoming hyper-conscious of the things that have become normal. It's like my partner's here. I know that they're there. You know, my clients are there. I know that they're there. How can we find desire in what we have? How can we appreciate what's right here on the tip of our tongue? Because like we were saying, the power of one, like this is amazing. Like this is so ripe right here, right now that I'm on the frequency of more, but I don't have to feel that in order because I want more, but just because it feels good to be alive. Like it feels good to be alive for my life. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, I am. I am. I am. I, am. I feel like
0: I could talk to you forever um (laughs) 2021 here in the uk as we're recording this podcast okay i've got one last question um what does being a magnetic woman what does feeling a magnetic woman what
1: does what is the living embodiment of a magnetic woman to you it's about being the i am in physical form Mm I am magnetic because I am. And the more that I'm connected to I am, the more magnetic I am. I'm not trying to be magnetic. I'm not trying to be more of a woman. I'm just coexisting with this ever moving instrument that is my body. And I'm opening up to divine orchestration to dance through the flute that is me. And from there, magnetism does the work for me. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. An honor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Where can people find you? I suppose if you're meant to find me, you will find me. So I'm going to say that I trust in that. But mostly I play on Instagram and you can find me at Victoria Pipo. And then otherwise, yeah, I, I bet you if your soul is meant to find me, you will undeniably find me. And so I'm going to let myself trust in that.
0: Beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.